Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are so excited to have a very special guest here with us today. Um, he is just an amazing man who I can't wait to get to know more myself and for you all to get to know as well. So welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jason Angelette. Welcome. Well, blessing to be with you guys. Thank you all so much for having me on. And it's a pleasure to be with you all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Jason, um, well, I've known your name for years, really, um, through your story and your, your journey with your wife, Elise. And just tell our, our listeners a little bit about who is Jason Angelette? And just give us the the rundown of who you are and a little bit of your story and your background because um, it's really incredible. Well, praise be to God. I am uh, just a, 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 you know, I remember, um, I think it was uh, a, Baron, a Bishop Barron uh, said uh, one time, he said, you know, in, uh, in evangelization, it's uh, one beggar going to another beggar and pointing out where the food is, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm a beggar, right? Uh, I'm a broken man needing a prayer and, and, and God's graces. Um, but on the journey, it's been amazing to see um, the, the many gifts that God has given us uh, on the journey to help us keep our focus on what's most important. And um, I was a, a, a lost soul in many different ways. Uh, the, the word, you know, prodigal son, I was the wait, prodigal meaning wasteful. I was I wasted so much of God's blessing and, and God's gifts that he had given me on myself, trying to find meaning and purpose and happiness. Um, got lost in all of that. Um, at a very early age, I, I lost my mom. And so um, I, I struggled with a lot of, um, I guess, insecurity and anger and frustration and doubt and fear and all that. Um, but what was amazing, though, was that my mom uh, taught me how to pray when I was real little. And I remember, even though she passed when I was six, I remember four and five, kneeling next to my bed and, and saying my prayers at night. And mm -hmm. uh, I remember um, even though that uh, I was, in many reasons, had a lot of, I guess, reasons to uh, be mad at God or whatever, I still wanted to pray at night because I guess I wanted to be a mama's good boy. And, um, and so I kept my prayers. And so even though going into grade school, high school, college, I still struggled uh, with a lot of things and, and was doing things on my own and was not a faithful guy in the faith at all. However, um, I kept praying. Um, I kept every night I'd go down and I'd, I'd say my prayers like my mom taught me. And, um, and that was kind of a lifeline for me. So when I get to a, like ahead of things, when, when I'm moving forward in, in college and stuff like that, and I'm really lost, and, and even though on the surface, doing well, school's doing well, work's doing well, and all that stuff like that, um, inside I'm struggling like crazy about trying to make sense of things. What does it mean to be a man and all these things? Um, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm trying really hard. Um, I'm, what's, why is it not working for me? 
and my prayers at night, uh, as, I, as much as, again, as I didn't deserve to be even talking to God, I still went to God in my prayers. Um, and I was praying, you know, Lord, help me, show me, teach me, guide me. Um, and then all of a sudden, God started answering those prayers. People started coming into my life and started talking to the faith and started giving me books. And I'm like, that's great. I'd put that book next to my bedside table and I'd get back to work. I'd get back to school. I'd get back to my social life and never had time to uh, open up a book. And if I did, I was falling right asleep after the first page. <laughs> so God spoke to me as he normally does through, um, through amazing women. And so this one day, my wife, uh, thanks be to God, she walks into the gym and she's uh, um, going because I'm working at the gym at this point in my life. And she's uh, heading over to um, go on this treadmill. And I had never seen it before in my life. And, I, and when I, she walked up, I mean, her hair, her smile, her eyes, like I was just like, you know, as an employee of this establishment, I need to make sure she knows how to work that treadmill. So um, <laughs> I, I went over to her and I'm like, how you doing? I'm Jason Angelette. If you need anything, you let me know. And, uh, and here's the, there's the on button, you know. And uh, so anyway, um, she's like, thank you, you know. So uh, a friend of mine was working. I was like, so dude, uh, bro, who's that, you know? And he's like, uh, Jason, you know, forget about it. Like she's been dating this guy for like four or five years. They're practically married. And I thought to myself, um, I was at that movie Dumb and Dumber, not endorsing it on the show, but if you've seen it, you know, there's that scene where he's like, what are, the chances of a, what are the chances of a girl like me and a guy like you having to get together? And he's like, she's like one in a million. Like, so you tell me so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, they're not married. So I mean, like, there's still a chance, right? So um, this wonderful relationship that was headed to the altar, they broke up. I was so sad. And I was like, uh, <laughs> so I went bad. to one of her friends. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I was like, hey, you know, how about your friends? So talking to a friend of hers that I knew that she was friends with. And I was like, hey, how about your friends and my friends? We all can be friends somewhere. And then uh, anyway, lo- long story, but um, I saw her out this one night. I started talking to her and then it was crazy. She gave me her phone number and it worked. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, God is real. And, uh, and so uh, all of a sudden I'm calling her up on the phone and, um, and we're talking we start dating this summer. And it was amazing because like, there was something just different about her. Like there was, obviously she was beautiful and all and, um, and captivating, but it was, she had this faith and this love for God that was just wildly attractive. And, and I wanted to be a better guy because of it. And, um, and it was not like she was like, you know, you got to change your ways. You want to date me? She was just like living it. And uh, I wanted to like rise up to the challenge. And so um, I started diving in my faith even more. And um, I remember being shameless about it too. Uh, one morning, um, like in the gym, she's, you know, running on the treadmill. And I was like, oh, I'm really tired. I went to mass this morning at 630 for daily mass at St. Peter's, you know. And she's like, good job, Jason. I was like, I love Jesus. And I kind of walked off. Um, it was kind of a, you know, sh- shameless, but I was trying, I knew I had to do something. But my, my point was, is that as this was going on, I was, I felt like I was finding the answer to my prayers. And then all of a sudden she, uh, the end of the summer, um, she breaks up with me so she can finish her last year at Franciscan university. And, um, and I was, I remember when she broke up with me, I was, I didn't, I mean, I didn't say these words to God, but I was pretty much like, well, hold on now for the first time, I'm trying to do things your way. And this is what happens. Like, this is worse than before. Like, I was doing what you asked me to do. I was trying to follow the straight and narrow. And this hurts. I'm out. And um, I started doing things never should have done, going places never should have gone, dating people never should have dated. And uh, just kind of f- going back to that, f- that pain, that frustration, that, un- that, um, that hurt that I never, I don't think I ever healed since my mom passing. Just still w- walking wounded um, and, and trying to, you know, um, make sense of things. And, uh, and so, um, 
I really turned my back. But again, still never turning away from my prayers because uh, that the impact of that this wonderful woman, my mom, made in my life to help me to pray at night. So fast forward a year. So this is the end of uh, my like senior year in college, uh, Elisa's senior year. She's coming back. She's actually moving back into town. And one of her friends comes up to me one day and was like, "Hey, um, Jason, you know, did did you ever close the did you close the door on that relationship with Elise or whatever?" And I was like, "Look, you want to go talk about closing doors? You go talk to her because she closed the door on me." And then I remember like closing the door on her and walking off. And I was like really upset that day, right? And uh, that night, laying in bed, um, going to my prayers again, um, but then like really just kind of wrestling with God that night and and really realizing how much I've been kind of um, running away from what God was trying to reveal to me. And the, and the thing that came to me that night, it's not like I had like this audible like thing from God, but like the point was, is like, I felt like God saying, hey, Jason, look, um, I was trying to answer your, your prayers, right? But you threw out the baby Jesus with the bathwater. As soon as things got hard, you 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 ran i was trying to show you not a girlfriend i was trying to show you what you were missing which was faith she had faith and that's what you wanted and that's what you needed first if you ever want to do anything in this life if you ever want to be a husband if you ever want to be a father like you have in your heart you need to have a foundation your house needs to be on a strong foundation so i felt like this like things started like coming and clicking to me like never before and i remember thinking to myself i was like okay lord I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't care what happened next, but I know this. I want you first in, in my life, right? I need to, like, for the longest time, I was like this uh, cafeteria Catholic where I was just, like, picking and choosing, and I was, I was afraid, right? You take your little tray, and you go to the table, and you're just like, uh, now that looks old. I don't want to put that on my plate. You know, like, um, that I might look people might make fun of me if I put that on my plate you know I'm not going to do that and then I'm like you know and just a little bit of that that's not too much and then you know go and I'm like you know I I didn't realize it but like really if in our faith if you want to win the pot it's like Texas Hold'em you got to go all in and like I wanted to I wanted to go all in I wanted to like let go of holding back of my fears of my my conniving of my compromising and I wanted to be I wanted to go all in God was this this patient God who let me just squander everything and just go do whatever I wanted to do however I wanted to do it thinking that I would find my freedom but I found myself more in chains more lost more hurt more insecure and less love and um and so then that brought me back to my faith that brought me back to praying it brought me back to going to confession uh, mass daily mass the rosary and so um, as this was growing in me, by the grace of God, God lined things back up again. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm hanging out with the Lees again. And then, you know, and she was like, I remember one night we were all hanging out with some friends. And I, I just, she didn't have a ride home, so I had to take her home, right? I mean, I wasn't going to like leave her stranded because she, there's no way she could have gotten another ride home. But so anyway, <laughs> so I'm bringing her home and then I'm driving up to her house and I was like, well, I'm not going to like just open the door and like let her, like I got to walk her to her door. That's like the right thing to do, right? So then I'm like walking her to her door and then all of a sudden like, okay, so I'm just going to go. And then um, I didn't say that, but I was like, I was just going to be like, cool. Like, like, what's up? You know, thank you, peace. You know, good seeing you walk out. And then she's like, uh, hey, Jason. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, um, I'm really sorry how things ended, you know, for us last summer. But she's like, I was hoping that we could start us again. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm a forgiving person. Okay, of course, that sounds awesome. And then um, we started dating again, but it was different because, like, I had a better foundation. She said she needed a better foundation. That was that's part of what she needed that last year. And um, and then we we stepped, like, we were we both had our strong foundation individually so that then we could come together 
as one in marriage, and that's where my confidence came. My confidence with before was how much I could bench, what I wore, what I drove, what I did, how much money I had, and I realized all of that was nothing. That was that was grains of sand. I needed a I needed a rock, and that's what I found in Christ Jesus. And I was like, that's my confidence. So I don't care what's whatever happens. I know that God's gonna be my rock, mm-hmm. and it's so all of that was just the this, this setting of the stage to just the challenges of just whatever whatever happens in marriage whatever happens in any in any in our life in general i mean there's all kinds of things of uh, between like pandemics and and epidemics and uh, you know loss of jobs or finances or or loss of loved ones and all kinds of things that can happen in, in within life um how do you handle all that and so i i've my short-lived experience seeing my mom pass seeing my, my um just me wrestling with relationships and watching divorce in other people's lives and, and just wanting, like, trying to, like, ask questions, like, why is this, what's, how is this different? You know, how can, how do I change things? So then, um, by the grace of God, we, we, you know, I got on my knee, I asked her to marry me, and, um, and we were, uh, we got married in, on August 3rd, 2002, um, with five beautiful children, and, uh, and as the story goes, um, uh, we, I'm talking a whole lot, so stop me, please. If you oh, you're right, I love it. I'm captivated. Um, so praise <laughs> Keep God. Going. Um, so, but my my um, I, what ends up happening then is that in 2013, when Nora's born, it was December of 2013. Um, a few months later, we're looking into the early part of 2014. Um, Elise is uh, uh, she feels a lump on her on her breast, and um, and then we're trying to like figure out what's going on. So we have to like wean Nora early, our youngest. Um, so we can get a mammogram. She gets a mammogram. She's 35 at the time, and so it was a little early for mammograms. So um, anyway, we uh, we got on um, to the doctor and got the mammogram, and then we were brought back in for something else. And then next thing you know, um, we're sitting down together, and the the the, the doctor was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say, we we it is it's stage three breast cancer, and it's in the lymph nodes and in in your breast." And um, uh, we need to start, you know, immediately. We need to start working on treatment. And Elise was just like, I remember like looking over at Elise and like without a skip of a beat, she was already on it. Like she was like, okay, she's like pulling in her purse. She's like, I, 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 I think I want to go to this doctor, you know, because she she had already had it. Like she knew like kind of like what was going on before things were like revealed to her. And so she had already had had a, had things planned out. Like she had the doctor that she wanted to see. She was already getting information on different things of treatment and stuff like that. So we just started again walking with the Lord with it. And um, and I know the, the the journey was it was a six year fight, um, but she fought um, to the end with such grace and such strength. Um, and and suffering servant offering it up. Um, she kept that focus of, and that was the big hope that like in all of this you know, um, to kind of like, I guess, fast forward a bit, you know, Elise and I, we, we had this idea, this vision that we wanted to maybe one day, um, you know, holding hands all old and wrinkled, um, you know, uh, sitting on rockers on a front porch one day together, just kind of reminiscing on things. Um, and unfortunately that's not our story, right? And she passed at, at 41. And, um, but the, the, the real tragedy in marriage would not be that we didn't get to that end point, but that we would miss out on the end game of what this whole life is all about, that the goal of marriage is to lead the other to heaven. And I think the, the biggest tragedy 
is not that you don't have X number of years together in your marriage. It would be that you had X number of years in your marriage, but you never, you didn't lead each other to heaven. You didn't lead each other in love into a, a deeper, closer relationship with the Lord, um, helping them to grow as a person to who they're supposed to be. Jason, would you take us back to that moment when you were sitting with, with Lise there at the doctor's office and the doctor said, what was your internal response to that? How did, you know, as someone who you guys had been living faith together, um, yeah. but that's not easy for anyone to hear. What was yours as a husband, as a father, as a man? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things, you know, that I realized uh, I, to kind of answer that question, maybe to kind of say, you know, the, the, the story of obviously losing my mom at a very early age. And then also losing Elise in our relation, our dating relationship when she broke up with me in that that um, at the end of the summer, like what I realized, um, and then growing a little bit in my faith, that um, that there, it, you know, God doesn't. I heard it said, God doesn't save us from suffering; He saves us through suffering. Or um, we do not believe in a, a health and wealth gospel, that if we believe in Jesus, then everything's going to be great. If you look at what happened to the father's son, the father's son went through the passion, went through the cross, went through death, um, and went through Good Friday so that we could have Easter Sunday. So I, I think from the very beginning, like, I, I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, God, we've been so faithful. Why are you doing this to us? Like, it was, it, we, like, Elise, like, she knew, like, this was the cross. This was the cross that she had been given. Like she at the at the the, the homily uh, at her funeral, her brother, Father Beau Charbonnet, said um, that when she was talking to Elise one time, Elise uh, she never said, and I, as a, as her husband, you know, uh, seeing her in, in all these different places, um, you know, behind closed doors and talking to her in conversations and everything like that, she never said why me. But as Father Beau said in the homily, she said why not me. Like it was, that's a, that's to me, like, that's a grace, like to be able to like sit there and to hear that and take that and receive that and, and, and then step forward with that is a grace. So to me, I feel like, I'm not sure how this answers the question, but it's, I, I think about like, God helped me realize that um, I need to be trusting in God that, because this is again, and that's the divine perspective of like, not just realizing the day ahead of us, but to see where these days are leading us to that we can't lose sight um, of what is at stake. Um, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come our way that we're going to fall short on, that we're going to be disappointed with, that's going to let us down. Um, but we need to make sure that, one, we realize that we have a good, good father. And that's one of the lies that Satan wants to bring out, is that that he is not a good, good father, that he's keeping things from you. And if you want your good, you need a break from God. And the other one is, is that suffering, because of what Christ did on the cross, Christ rewrote the book on suffering, that then suffering once entered into it in his name, we can offer it up and becomes redemptive. And so, and, and the only way that we can keep that perspective is that if we keep our focus on the Lord, that if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can walk on water, that we can walk through this storm and not let the cares and the worries and the fears of whatever is going to happen in the day take our focus and cause us to sink. And it's truly possible. We can truly do this if we remain vigilant, if we stay focused and steadfast in our faith, being faithful to our Lord. Like if I stop eating, right, my blood sugar levels will drop and I'll, I'll I have a hard time focusing. I'll have a hard time thinking. I'll have a hard time standing and eventually I just pass out. 
where I feel like so many of us would become so busy with so many things and so many fears and anxieties and concerns have taken our focus that we've deprived ourselves of the nutrition of, of the, the sacraments, of prayer, of that divine relationship that our Lord is begging us to, to dive deep into, to richly to abide in, and we've cut ourselves off from the branch and we're withering. And we're, we're, we can't even make sense of it. Like, I, like people will say, like, I, I don't, like, just when we were, had five kids, people would say, oh, my goodness, five kids. I don't know how y'all do that. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Like, do you think I'm like this Superman? Like, I've got this, or like, I'm just nuts. Like, I've lost it. And so, like, just like, no, like, I do this because it's the grace of God that, that gives me what I need to be able to take the next step. If you don't, like, God gives you grace for five kids when you have five kids. If you've got one kid, then he only gives you grace for one kid. If he gives you, if you get cancer, he's going to give you the grace to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that. And so, like, don't underestimate where and how God can step in and is stepping in to be able to empower you to carry your cross and to make things anew. It really is just amazing to see. I mean, I'm over here crying, listening to this, <laughs> but to see, um, oh, I'm always emotional, but... Um, just to see how it's just so beautiful to see how you've just embraced the cross and said, let, let this mold and shape me here I am, you know, and how do you walk through that as a father? Well, praise God. I mean, when you said that, I just thought about like, I got to, I had a privileged place in life to watch. Like, I know that like we shouldn't canonize our beloved, but I really have a hard time not wanting to canonize Elise. Um, because like she was such a, an amazing suffering servant and and so like I just imagine like just when you were saying that just like looking at Elise like I watched firsthand like up close and personal like to me this this saint in like right in front of me carry a cross and re- is like a reminder to me of the focus that we need to have in life like she's her witness in life um, as as creative and as funny and um, as uh, just amazing as as she she was in life with her just everything um this this faith that she had and that she walked that she lived by um it, it it just compels me you know to to keep that focus and to not lose sight and and also too i guess the amazing how god like put things all together like i feel like i feel like god favored her like more than more than others i don't know like uh, that's like I, I look at like god's favorite right like i feel like um like her brother so she had a brother that was a priest how awesome is that right so like every day he's like coming out like anointing of the sick apostolic pardon like he's saying celebrating the mass like bedside table like is an altar now and and like we're like you know giving a praise to the lord together um and she, and he's right there helping her on, especially not just like her last days and last week but like just throughout her life and then her mom who's just this amazing prayer warrior like i think that like we have this perpetual adoration chapel back home and um and i i feel like sometimes they should probably send some of her mail to that address or maybe i think my my, my mother-in-law needs to like pay mortgage um for that that um that room because like she um she's always there she's such a prayer warrior and so she has this amazing mom that has been nothing but supportive and loving and caring and just smothering of her like she's a smother of love and of of womanly graces and whatever um and then you've got this uh, great like her brother her other brother is jean and her uh, so and he jean his wife janice they were uh, they did net ministry for like 14 years they've got a beautiful faith a beautiful family they've got five kids too um they've incredible uh, friends like her three closest friends were all nurses 
And so the last days of her life, as I'm I'm not able to give her the care that she needs because I'm like I'm trying to like help her and like bathe her and change her and clothe her, and I can't because I'm hurting her. They're able to come in and with like tender care, like be with her and like take care of her. And it was just even in the last moments. And so, and then, and then realizing that like God like gave her me, like I, I got to be her husband, but then I'm the father to her five children that has an experience of losing a mom. And so I, I know what it's like to have lost a mom and to be without a mom and, and to enter into their loss and pain and, and, um, and their understanding to be able to be there for them. Like, I'm like, you know, it wasn't that we, like, didn't pray enough Hail Marys. It wasn't that we didn't do enough novenas. It wasn't that we, we lacked faith in our prayers that Jesus could not raise her from the dead. It was that this was her time. Mm-hmm. God wanted her home at 41, and this was the plan. And if this is the divine plan that God wanted her home at 41, that this was his end game, and then, then that means that there's— that God is not has not abandoned us in our pain and our struggles. That He cannot take this and make this into something amazing. That He cannot help. That He's there with us, giving us the grace that we need each day. But we're gonna we're, we'll fall short if we, regardless. Even if even if the miracle came and uh, and she was healed, like it still begs the question about: Are we going to make it home? And for whatever in the divine perspective and the divine in the divine plan, like God saw this as the path for her and for us. And so I believe that whenever, you know, as it says in scripture, where sin abound, grace abounds all the more, this is a, a privileged opportunity, a privileged uh, grace, rather, given to us to be able to walk more closely with him. Mm-hmm. That I, I believe that when suffering and challenges come, that is God drawing near to us. It is giving us. Um, I remember saying one time, like, like suffering is like this. Um, is like a, a winning lottery ticket. I mean, it's just a piece of paper, but you got to cash it in for to get the millions, right? And like suffering is 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 this winning lottery ticket in a sense that if we can, if we in faith can turn it over to God, then He He comes in bountifully um, entering into our pain um, and being with us in a unique way. Um, again, it's if if we just think of perspective of like right now, like if we if we just said this is all this is the end all be all, and this was terrible. This is really sad. I've got five children that's gonna be living their life without a mom. I've got um, I'm trying to do my best to juggle everything, right? Um, this is this is just sad and, and this is pathetic. But, but we believe in a Christ who rose and conquered sin and death. And that, so what, for what reason? So that he could open the gates for us, so that, that we can now have heaven, that heaven is where, that he's preparing a place for us, not here. I, I just told the kids the, the other day, we have this uh, sign in our house um, that Elise got, and it, was, and it just says home, right? And it's got this, like, the O is, like, this wreath, and you can, like, during Christmas time, you can put, like, the little, like, little decorative, like, you know, make it Christmas-like, or you can take it off and do something like for the fall and put like a little uh, pine cone. Anyway, but it's like it says home, right? Because this is our home, right? But I'm like, guys, that sign says home, but this really, 
this is this is our temporary temporary home. home. This is our mm -hmm. temp home. Like this isn't the home that we're gonna. This is not our forever home. Mm -hmm. Our forever home is is in heaven. And so don't get confused by like the the things that happen in our in our life that like don't go your way. Like don't lose sight. Don't lose pr your that that perspective of where we're headed. Because if we do that, then we're just we're we're letting ourselves we're setting ourselves yeah. up for failure, right? And just having that, um, you know, heaven is the goal. That's it. And yeah. we teach our kids, you know, we, ha we have six kids and I'm like, well, what is it? What's the only thing that matters in life? And they're like getting to heaven. Like, that's yeah. the one thing I just want to drill in their heads because yes. it does make anything that you go through yes. worth it. Right. Yeah. And gives you that opportunity to unite your suffering. But it's one of my favorite things to do in life is to see how God connects the dots mm. and it's, it's so beautiful to see how when you're six years old, you have no idea how this experience is going to play out in your life. Yeah. And it's, it's just, God is so good. And we go through things that sometimes we won't know this side of heaven while we went through it. Yeah. But for you to actually see that come to fruition in your life and like, now you're like, I know why, like I can now walk this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So powerful. And if we think we don't have a father of details, people yeah. wake up because yeah. he is a father <laughs> The details and it's amazing it really is and you know it really it's the suffering that makes us who we are right and and it's it molds us and shapes us and and when you can show up and say here i am just shape me and mold me and grow me how you want it's just such a witness i think it's it's so beautiful because everyone just talks about the good times right no one's sharing their suffering and to hear you share your suffering it's just so powerful mm -hmm. um and it's just beautiful and it's, it gives us that opportunity. I love where you said too, something I, I say a lot to my, my kids and friends is if we think we're going to get out of this world without suffering, take a look at the cross. Like no. it ain't happening people. God's only son, you know? And so you, you said that exactly. And so how we can learn to continue to lean into that and just to, to suffer well and to offer it instead of woe me. Um, but how can we do this well? I think the the other thing too, it reminds me of what you're saying is, you know, and, and not to get dicey on this topic, but, you know, in the middle of COVID, I remember being at the grocery store and this older gentleman was there and, and he just took a minute. He was like, you know, he's like, I don't know what everyone is so scared about. He's like, the only thing that we know that is going to happen in this life is we are going to die. That is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and he just had this perspective of, you know, you can't, we, we ended up talking to somebody who's like, you can't live your life in fear because you know that suffering is going to happen. You know that one day you will die. And there's a, um, there's a church in Rome and it, um, it, it, it's really powerful because it, it, there's, it's called the church of the bones. And there's a sign where these, there's like this area where there's all these bones. And it says, the sign says what we, what we are, you will be, or what you are, we once were, uh, what we are, you will be, remember your death. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it sounds, I mean, it sounds kind of morbid, but the reality is it's not because it's, it's really putting things up in perspective of, you know, what is the point of all of this, of everything? Because if, if there's no point to it, if we don't know that there's something more then in a sense, nothing matters, mm -hmm. but when it's put in this way, well, then suddenly everything matters and yeah. it all makes a difference. Yeah. It's it really like, um, it's, it's not, um, yeah, it's it's not morbid. It's it's something. It's perspective. It's being able to, I think, truly appreciate and value the things that you have, right? Mm. To be able to see it in perspective and truly for what it is, and to not make idols um, of things that are meant to be like icons, right? To to not lose, um, yeah, what's that? What's most at stake? Yeah.
And you know, something I think we don't do in our culture, we just had this conversation last week, Marie, you're not, because uh, Father Mike Schmidt's my favorite, you know, everyone knows. Oh, he's awesome. He gave an amazing homily on that we need to practice dying. And in America, we don't do that. We don't, we don't talk about it. We don't do it. And our friend Erin lived over in, in Poland for a while, and she, she talked about the beauty that surrounds death and how it's such a beautiful process. Mm-hmm. And just hearing you talk about the, the beauty, I mean, for Elise, she is in a better place. Like, you're so happy for her. Who I want to go. Sign me up. If God came today and said, you can hop on my train to heaven or you can stay here, I'm taking the train, man. <laughs> Sign me up. I, you know? Seriously, I remember... Um... Like I mean, so so we had the uh, Divine Mercy Chapel uh, praying the on the, the the Hour of Mercy for Elise multiple times. Um, we were uh, she had the brown scapular, the the the, the anointing of the sick, right? Uh, the apostolic pardon, which I think a lot of, there you go, uh, which a lot of people I think forget about um, is that that beautiful gift that the church has with the apostolic pardon. Um, so I mean, we were just like compounding the graces, and I was trying to tell people like, listen, like. Jesus is not trying to hide heaven. Like it is like busting out at the seams, like the graces that he wants to give to us to be able to make it to heaven. And um, and I, I just, I, I thought about that and I just thought about like Elise just being like poured over with all these graces and all these gifts that the church is is just wanting to, to give to all of us, that we have the ability to, to avail ourselves to a church that um, that the, the body of Christ that is giving us these grace and these powers so that we can we can find our way home that that heaven is not hiding from us and it's and it's in plain view um, if we can keep that focus of faith to see it and and to not lose perspective of of the um, the things that are at stake here mm. thank goodness this is not the end thank goodness this is our temporary yeah. home right like right. <laughs> one of my dad's friends always said God didn't have to create hell humans do it themselves. Like yeah. we create our own, you know, and it's, it's, it's wild. So, but it's, it's just a beautiful example to hear your testimony essentially. And just how you're, you're walking with this and just not saying why me, but yeah. this is Why not me? And how can we Praise hear God. it? Yeah. Again, so unless, mm-hmm. one last question we love to ask our guests is how are you watering your grass right now? How are you watering grass and what would you encourage other people out there? How would you encourage them to? Because we have a lot of different listeners from all walks of life. And what would you share with them on that? Praise God. Um, so I, I think for me, I, I was ever since Elise passed, like I was really trying to like take things um, in a, in a uh, like just to really uh, work out uh, a, a path of, of healing for me emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So um, physically, I had a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who's a physical therapist, and he started helping me out with my little back issues that I've had for like like two decades now. And so um, going to the physical therapy and doing some of the things there physically, going back and doing some exercises that I hadn't done in the past in a long time and getting better from that. And so taking time physically during the week, you know, a few days a week uh, to, uh, to, to dedicate myself to physically getting stronger. Um, emotionally, I, I'd obviously losing... Even though I lost my mom at a very early age, and I feel like my faith is really strong, and I feel like um, I'm, I've grown so much as a, as a person from all this, I don't want to underestimate the, the the importance of asking for help. Um, that's always been something that's been a, a difficult thing, I guess, especially as for a guy. And um, and I remember a friend of mine said one time, you know, uh, Jason, um, let people help you, and uh, and so that was a tough 
kind of challenge, but at the same time, I've been blessed by it because of that, that, that challenge. So many people have been blessing our family and blessing me and helping me to grow. So emotionally, like I was, I was seeing a counselor who herself, she had lost uh, her husband, I think like 10 or 12 years ago. And, um, and so like her journey in faith, and she has a great faith too, and, and, and her uh, studies and stuff like that and counseling. So I wanted to spend time with her and to kind of just walk through this journey to get some healing for there as well. And then uh, obviously spiritually, and I would, for me, it's, um, it's if I, is trying to go to mass as, as often as I can throughout the week, um, a daily rosary, um, daily prayer time, I've got a, a good group of guys that we, we come together as, uh, as men, as brothers. Uh, we do this Exodus 90 program, and we go on and off between um, the asceticisms to the doing. There's a season for that, and then there's a season to, to kind of form in faith and kind of having that accountability and that fellowship. Um, so those are the kind of things that I try to stick to. So the emotionally, physically, and spiritually, but the foundation obviously is that spiritual component. We're building that foundation, building that relationship with the Lord. Uh, our Lord says, uh, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So about grafting myself, trying to find myself in my, as, as a father for my, my children, finding helping them to be available to those graces that come to us, especially through prayer and the sacraments. So good. So good. Well, it has just been a joy to just talk with you and just hear more of your story. And it's just really just a, a, a beautiful example and inspiration to me, for sure, as having a similar type family of you, you know, with um, with a, a big family. And it's just thank you Praise for God. sharing and for being here and just encouraging all of our listeners that heaven is the goal, not earth. And that we all will have suffering in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? That's one of my favorite verses. Amen. So we just thank you for being here and are excited for what's to come. So Praise I can't God. wait to see what else the Lord's doing in your life and, and how he continues to bless you and make you a conduit for his grace because he is clearly showing up through you. So yeah. Praise God. Thank, thank you all so much. Thank I'm you for having me on. Thank you all for all that y'all do. God bless you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And guys, continue to like, subscribe, share all the things. If you're enjoying this, we will also include Jason's contact info. If you are interested, he does speak and he has a really beautiful ministry. And so we will put all that in there and we will see you guys. We'll see you next week on Girl Water Your Grass. Bye. Bye.